Hello and welcome to another episode of The Genius Podcast. My name is Karen Doyle, your host and founder of The Genius Project, an initiative for Catholic women designed to resource and support them towards growth in all areas of life, personal, spiritual and professional. We seek to do this through the Catholic Women's Masterclass, our online courses, The Genius Podcast and The Genius Academy, as well as our Catholic coaching programs for women. If you'd like to find out about any of these initiatives, please visit our website, www.geniusproject.co or you can find us on Instagram, genius underscore project underscore daily. So in this week's episode of The Genius Podcast, I'm joined by Monica Elias from Wholehearted Fiat Coaching. Monica and I recently completed the Purgative Way course through Metanoia Catholic to become professionally trained Catholic coaches. This is a really exciting initiative that we have launched through the Genius Project this year. So if you're a woman who's struggling with stagnation in your personal or your spiritual life, or you might just have a goal and you're not making any progress towards it, You might be a woman who feels controlled by her life and circumstances. You might be a woman who really struggles with decisions and setting goals. Or you might be a woman who feels like she's sitting on the sidelines as a spectator to her own life. Or you might simply be a woman who has this desire to grow in grace and virtue. If you can relate to any of these experiences, then I'd love to invite you to check out the Catholic coaching programs for women that we have on offer through the Genius Project. Catholic coaching offers women so much in this area of spiritual and personal growth. So ladies, if you'd like to find out more, please send me an email at karen at geniusproject.co. So ladies, I invite you to sit back, relax and enjoy this episode with Monica. Monica, great to have you joining us on the Genius Podcast today. Welcome. Thank you very much. This is actually really surreal. Is it? <laughs> well, it's great. Okay. To have... Sorry, are you nervous? Um, yeah, I guess so. But also just like it's I've the Genius Project, like the Genius Podcast, like what even is this life? <laughs> oh, well, it's fantastic to have you because you have just got so much to share with our listeners. And I know the women are going to be so blessed. My life personally has been enriched just getting to know you over the past six months because we are both kindred spirits and fellow graduates of the Purgative Way Metanoia Coaching Program where we trained over the last six months to become professionally trained Catholic coaches and moving into this space. And I've just really loved getting to know you, bouncing ideas off you and doing our drills together. I've actually been coached by Monica many times and she's helped me stop spinning and just get perspective. So uh, she is the woman when it comes to coaching and we're really honoured to have you with us. Thank you. That's very kind. Very true though, Monica. um, You've been great. And I think you have a particular gift and skill in this area of coaching. So looking forward to sharing your wisdom with the women today. But before we jump into this conversation around Catholic coaching and really being renewed by the transformation of our mind through coaching. I'm wondering if you can share with us a little bit about your background and how you came to be interested in coaching because you were a maths teacher. I was. Um, So uh, my background, I am married to Paul. We have three small children, Sebastian, Joshua and Charlotte. Um, They're aged five and under. Um, and we live on an acre of land in Albury. And you have our packers. We have our packers, (laughs) two alpacas. Um, their names are Coco and Latte. 
Nice. And um, they're very cute. And we have five chickens and we have to like, like we have an acre is enough land that you have to kind of be able to manage the pasture, so to speak. Um, and yeah, so it's been a, a learning experience. Um, and yeah, we, we, we love it. We both grew up in Sydney. So country living is very different for us, but we, yeah, we've loved it. Um, and it's, yeah, just the idyllic country life. Like my husband cycles 10 minutes to work. Um, and we're like, yeah, it's just awesome. So, um, yeah. (laughs) Um, and so I guess how I came to coaching, um, I guess all my life I've been a very fearful, anxious, um, warrior kind of person. Um, very yeah worried about kind of what others are others are thinking um fitting in and um social like group situations I would almost never for a long time would never want to speak up um if there was more than like two other people (laughs) listening um and um yeah just really given to a lot of overthinking and and -hmm. things like that um and I sort of had two um pivotal I'll just focus on on one of them so a pivotal moment was when I decided to go into teaching because I had always said I never would um (laughs) be careful what you say you have to be I know you have to be like up in front of a class Mm -hmm. and and everyone's looking at you (laughs) yeah um so I uh, after I studied a Bachelor of Advanced Mathematics um, at Sydney Uni, I um, did a, um, I went into a Bachelor of Theology and I was just like, this stuff is amazing. I have to like, have to like really wanted to share it with, um, with others and um, ended up kind of discerning, like I had a real conviction that God was asking me to go into teaching and the finally the conviction and like commitment and excitement with of sharing it overcame the fear like I was still afraid and nervous but Mm -hmm. it was my first probably one of my first experiences that of like feeling the fear and doing it anyway Mm. um and so yeah so I became a maths RE teacher but I never ended up getting to teach any religion because no one wanted it everyone just wanted me for my maths maths. (laughs) So, um, <clears throat> but that was fun. Um, and I enjoyed it, but it was, I was nervous every morning and mm-hmm. like looking back, I can see that it probably took a more significant toll on me than I quite mm-hmm. realized at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and I, I guess maybe I could have managed it better. I just, yeah, didn't really know how to do that. Um, anyway got married became a mother stopped teaching um and when we moved to Albury I had just had my second baby a few months before that and I ended up being hit pretty hard with postnatal anxiety um because there was just just so many like new baby small kids new place didn't know anyone um new job um all the things 
<clears throat> and um, yeah, I just, and I wasn't taking care of myself. Mm-hmm. So in the process of recovering from that, I became really interested in the whole idea of the restoration of the mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tried lots of different things. So there was like the um, professional help side, but then from a spiritual perspective, I was like, had like, I listened to tons of podcasts, um, just trying to like fill my mind with, I guess, goodness, truth and beauty and, and hope and everything. Um, I tried um, having scriptures posted around the house, um, affirmations, um, reading books, um, just having my Bible open on the bench in the kitchen. Um, and all of those things helped, but it wasn't until I discovered Catholic mindset coaching that all of a sudden, all of these different things like came together and it all just kind of clicked. And I was like, this is the best (laughs) thing ever. Um, Yeah. So I had the same, I guess, the similar experience where I was like, I have to teach this to other people. Mm. Um, And, and I just felt like coaching brought together my skills in problem solving from mathematics and teaching and explaining and breaking things down from teaching and then it's all kind of interwoven with um the the catholic perspective Mm. so beautiful um yeah and it really is it's quite amazing i know i had one of those moments it's like the the light goes on or the penny drops and all of a sudden all the pieces of the puzzle suddenly fit and you can see the picture, the full Mm -hmm. picture of what we are called to be and what is actually possible in Christ. And I think Mm -hmm. you touched on it when you talked about you had those elements of personal development, which were good and important, but they only could take you so far. And I find this in my experience, my husband does a lot of coaching, business coaching as well, but that process of transformation will only go so far because Christ is the ultimate change agent. And so mm-hmm. when we bring in our faith, when we bring in this, and based on this scripture, be renewed by the transformation of your mind, when we actually allow our minds to be transformed by truth, by beauty, by goodness, and also when we receive our identity and the truth of our identity, we actually can step into the fullness of who God created us to be. But sometimes if we've had certain experiences in life, like you've spoken about there, just being fearful, being anxious, being overwhelmed, going from that point to actually stepping into this, your fullness of your potential sometimes feels like a bridge too far to cross. And Mm. I think what coaching does is it's very much offers us that bridge where we can start to take little steps in terms of our beliefs and our mindsets, which lead us towards the attitude, which leads us towards wholeness in Christ and the fullness of who he's created us to be. And I know in my life, I've also had a similar experience to you. It's actually funny listening to you talk, saying that you hated speaking and hated being in front of people because I was exactly the same. I think people kind of laugh. So hard to believe. I know, right? (laughs) People think that is hilarious now, but I was the kid in class who would actually go to the toilet to avoid answering a question in primary school. I would just sit on my hands and beg and plead from the bottom of my heart that the teacher would not call on me to read something out loud or anything like that. Um, I have actually, this is a funny, a funny story. I, um, when I did physics, 
in year 12, I had to do a presentation. And partly I wasn't feeling ready. I hadn't really prepared very well, but there were only two of us in the class. And the other girl um, was like, she'd done debating. She was an excellent public speaker. And so I just went into all this drama about like, I'm going to be compared with her. And I just couldn't handle it. And I just like broke down in tears and couldn't do the presentation. And it was only in front of the teacher and this other girl. And then in the end, I just did it in front of my teacher. Um, Just the one person she had had pity on me. But yeah, I was just like. Mindsets are so powerful in our life because if we allow them, and it is a choice because we actually Mm. have this freedom, this will to choose. But if we allow these mindsets, they can keep us really locked in a prison in -hmm. terms of our experience of life and our confidence and really doing, I guess, and fulfilling the mission that Christ has given each and every one of us to do. And I think that's where coaching can be so powerful. And similar to you, I had it. I think we are definitely destined to be kindred spirits and friends because similar experience, like many years ago when we were first married, we were at this summer school of evangelization. So we were newly married and Jonathan spoke and he was fantastic. He could pull anything out of his backside at the drop of a hat and it sounded brilliant. I was not (laughs) like that. I had to spend days preparing and just immersing myself in knowledge and the content. And I was asked to present a workshop for women on um, Catholic womanhood. And I said yes without thinking. And then I went back to my room. I was like, what have I done? (laughs) Like I have nothing to share. I don't know anything (laughs) on this topic. And then we start spinning and it's quite hilarious now that I'm doing what I'm doing with the Genius Project, speaking and doing podcasts because, and I I think that's also should be an example for people that when we actually surrender ourselves to Christ and we allow ourselves to be transformed by him, that he actually can take us into missions that we never thought we would go Mm. in our own Mm. strength or in our own ideas and dreams. So um, I, um, that, um, all of the the stuff you've done with yeah what it means to be a woman um i um was at a youth leaders formation course back in the day and jonathan came and spoke and he had like there was oh. some little competition or something maybe like a lucky door prize or something and the winner got a signed copy of your um i think it's the genius of womanhood is that what it's called yes. yeah 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 oh, really and they- so talking about the feminine genius and i just like loved that that was like the oh best explanation goodness. I had ever heard of all the characteristics of the feminine genius and that's always my go-to of like oh. okay what is what does like sensitivity mean I want to remind myself oh so, yeah. oh thanks Monica that is amazing though <laughs> that's why it's so surreal I'm like oh my gosh Karen Doyle <laughs> oh that's so funny it's I met someone once and I'm like oh my gosh there's this person it's so funny but we're all just normal people right <laughs> yeah and it's, yeah. <laughs> I, I think God's amazing how he just raises up particular people and he's very intentional about connecting people so that we can support each other. And then once we've had our own revelation, I guess, and our transformation, then there is an onus on us then to bear that truth and to bear that light to other people and to show them the way. And I'm sure you do not have all this figured out yet as I do not have all this figured out yet. And there are times when we both flounder and we both probably lack in confidence and articulation of ideas, but we're still walking in the truth and the freedom that Mm. Christ has won for us. And I think this is an important distinction with this idea of Catholic coaching that we have the personal development space. And I said this before, it, it is important. It has a lot of goodness 
but it doesn't have the ultimate truth and the ultimate change agent, which is Christ. And so I've had a lot of inquiries actually about what is Catholic coaching? And so I thought maybe we could just nut this out and explain to our listeners, I guess the difference and the interplay between coaching therapy and spiritual direction, because there is there are very distinct differences, but they do complement and overlap each mm. other. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know what your thoughts are on how you best describe what co- Catholic coaching is to people. I guess it's helping specifically Catholic mindset coaching. Um, it's, I mean, we put um, the Holy Spirit is the change agent, that, which is, I mean, as you say, that's where secular coaching falls short. You might have heard some of these um, buzzwords of like, alignment and manifestation um and abundance and it's like hey you're stealing our words people these are catholic words (laughs) yes like we're supposed to manifest christ to others like christ came to give us abundant life um we're supposed to be like to align our minds with the truth Mm. um but for um in the kind of new age kind of sphere it just stops there it's like you just kind of it's just, it stops with the self and like, you're the change agent. And like, maybe, maybe the universe (laughs) is the thing that you get aligned with, whatever that really means. Mm. Um, But uh, yeah, so, so it's uncovering, um, I would say essentially uncovering the the thoughts that you're thinking and helping you hold them up to the light of truth Mm. and look at, look at the truth, but also the goodness and say, well, what are the fruits? what am I bringing about in my life? And ultimately it's about including God in that pursuit of wholeness and goodness and transformation. I think that's the big one. And and then another one that we learned through Metanoia Catholic is just around self-development takes place within the context of a spiritual battle, that when we're Mm -hmm. Catholics and when we're walking this journey of transformation, really it's not just about us becoming a better version of ourselves. It's actually about us engaging in this spiritual battle between good and evil, the forces that want to lead us towards vice or the forces that want to lead us towards virtue. And so all of this progression happens within this much bigger backdrop. One of my favourite questions to ask um, ask a, a client when I'm coaching is, um, so we're looking at a specific thought and asking them, what's the tone of this thought? Yes. And because then then the follow-up question is well okay is that how god speaks to us and most of the time it's some version of like accusatory condemning that's right harsh um yeah harsh critical and well is that well is that how god speaks to us and they go uh no No. and whereas 10 seconds ago they thought that that this thought was was helpful and 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 pretty factual really and then it's like oh hang on that puts a different spin on it yeah. and then also another one who who do who do you think wants you to continue to believe this thought hmm. and it's like oh yeah looking at the fruits these aren't good fruits they're not leading me to god That's i'm actually crazy. playing right into the devil's hands here yes absolutely and a lot of the times he can he can't create something new but he can mm-hmm. distort what exists and so often when we have an experience in our life, whether that's a wound or a trauma or a hurt or something doesn't go well, it opens the door 
to believing, like certain beliefs are formed about that situation that we've experienced. And often those happen at a very young age and we carry those beliefs into our adulthood and we don't even think about them. We don't second guess them. We take them as being fact and truth. And I think what Catholic coaching does, it really is an invitation to start to hold up those beliefs against God's truth about what God says about us and what we do and our value and our worth, and then about also our healing and what is possible through the restoration of the mind in this area. And there's a lot of um, kind of learning about emotional health, which um, is um, especially pertinent to us as women. Um, but, yeah, a lot of us don't really know how to identify our emotions and and what what to do with them and how to process them i agree with you that our emotional health as women can really come under fire especially hormonally and all of that sort of thing and the enemy can i guess piggyback on the back of that experience and so what perfect coaching can do is really help us be intentional and to think and to choose i guess what we're thinking, and then how we're going to respond to certain situations. Another question that I get asked is, what is the difference between Catholic coaching and therapy and spiritual direction? And I think therapy is very much around, I guess, looking at mental health disorders and illnesses and people who are below the baseline. And they can psychologists diagnose and help people in that area spiritual directions very much around helping a person in their journey and their walk with god a catholic coaching is very much looking at isolated kind of thoughts and instances and helping us overcome these and i guess there's this beautiful complementarity when the three are all working together i don't know if you've got anything to add on those differences and what catholic coaching adds and brings um, I guess I like the image of um, tilling the soil of your soul to, so if you imagine um, that, uh, like you imagine a ground that nothing's been done to it, it's just rock hard. When you try and water it, the water can't penetrate the ground, it can't soak in. Um, if you scatter seeds, they're just going to sit on the surface. Um, and so if God's grace is like water, when you kind of dig up the soil and um, break it up and loosen it, seeds can actually be planted and the water can just soak right in. And I just find that a really good image for how the difference between when our hearts are hardened mm. and when we are receptive to God's grace and what he wants to say to us. Yes. Um, and tilling the soil is what coaching does um that's yeah been such such a powerful a powerful thing for me and just coming coming to a better understanding of how surrender is active mm -hmm. I'd heard that but I didn't really understand it mm -hmm. um but coaching and self-coaching because you learn to kind of like a coach it, it, we're not just like talking to you and then you're on your own we teach you to like implement tools every day for yourself um so so yeah doing um doing that self-coaching is a, it's a lot of work <laughs> it's a really active process to like break down the lies and uncover the thoughts um but yeah so it's so it's that um and there's a it's a real like that human formation growth in the human virtues the acquired virtues um and and that human formation as a human person, um, cultivating our, 
our intellect and will, our mind and heart, that lays the foundation for then the spiritual formation that a spiritual director um, mm. would provide. And they both, I love the way that they work together. I know a lot of people who have a Catholic coach and a spiritual director and just the, the fruits in their life, I know in my own life too, have been really beautiful. But I love what you pick up on there. You talk about um, equipping people with tools in Catholic coaching. And so one of those tools which Metanoia has developed is the Metanoia Journal, which has been an amazing tool in my own hands. And I'm finding in the women coming through the Catholic Women's Masterclass, we they each have a journal and they're working through that as well. And it is amazing the breakthroughs that are happening. But they're happening because they're based on developing these habits. And you picked up on that word virtue. Mm -hmm. And the catechism defines virtue as, you know, a disposition to do the good. But really, a virtue is basically a habit. And so we need to be developing these habits, these daily habits in our life that are facilitating and fostering, I guess, opening that door to Christ and the transformation that he wants to bring about in our life. And so I'd love to talk around this journal for a moment and just the impact that's had in your life, the impact you're seeing that have in other people's lives as well. Mm, um, yeah, the journal, um, oh, it's just made my prayer life so much deeper and, and richer and, um, I feel like I am just hearing God speak to me so much more clearly, not just when I'm doing the journaling, but then because my mind is like less chaotic, mm -hmm. I can hear him throughout the day. I find that I also have, when I go to confession, I've got specific like lies that I'm like, oh, I was like choosing to believe this thing that's like not true and didn't have good fruits. And so instead of only confessing behaviors, mm. I'm also bringing lies that I believed yeah. um, to confession, which has been powerful. And it's so that's that's one practical example, I guess, of how that helps till the soil of, of the soul. And that that's like. An, a, new, a new opening for that sacramental grace to come in that wasn't there before. Yeah. Um, and the and journal's got the, it's, it's based on seven brief daily exercises that you mm -hmm. work through. So it's not just a blank journal, but there's seven very specific steps and exercises that you work through. And they really do lead you through this examination of conscience and then bringing your thoughts before the Lord, asking the Holy Spirit to reveal the areas that he feels needs to be brought to your attention so you can bring it to the to the lord in confession and adoration for transformation so it's a very powerful tool mm. yeah and um i had um that was one of the things that i had tried um before doing doing journaling and kind kind of one thing that i tried to do when i realized i was in a really negative place with motherhood and just every day being like overly frustrated with everything and resentful and all the things so I was like okay I'm going to try and like intentionally write out like try and choose to be grateful for the hard things and like that there's something really powerful about writing that like because thoughts thoughts are slippery and it's hard to to catch them so when you actually write them you can see them in front of you and you can take take every thought captive and submit it submit it to Christ um and so but and that process um, of writing it 
trying to I was I guess I was kind of trying to force myself to be grateful for things <laughs> and that process was helpful but the the metanoia journal I guess it's a much gentler kind of it like leads you through and it's like God meeting you where you're at so instead of me trying to like force my way to like well I should be over here it's instead going okay Lord here's where I am mm. and he can meet you there and then and that's why um affirmations I found a bit they didn't really help as much as I maybe would have liked because if you don't believe a thought if you don't believe in a new thought it feels like kind of off and you then like some people will just say I'll just keep repeating it like a mantra until you do believe it but that like a it feels weird and b it's just not going to help um whereas yeah this this gentler process is like okay this is where I am what can I believe what feels believable to me even if we know that something over here is true because like we like say it's in scripture we know that such and such is true um maybe our just our heart's not there yet and it just like god's gonna like lead us through we um a tool that we use is a belief ladder so mm-hmm. incremental beliefs um that you can yeah work towards and I, I love that tool, the belief ladder, because I was talking about that earlier, that sometimes it's too, it's a bridge too far to cross to go yeah. from one thought to this, it, this really big abundant thought. And sometimes it's just those little steps. And I, I think Jesus is so gentle with us. Like he's very gentle and he waits and he leads us. And the Holy Spirit gently wants to reveal things to us layer by layer, little by little to lead us to this journey of transformation and this is a lifelong process mm. like none of us I think yeah we get we get very impatient we're like I want to be better now oh and <laughs> but God like, is a God of process absolutely and I find the more that I feel like I'm trying the further away I feel so it's just about really bringing that to the Lord and yeah it's just it's amazing I, I seriously have found this whole area to be profound in my own life and the results that I'm seeing in the lives of the women that I'm coaching and taking through the masterclass are very similar. Like it's, it's like Mm -hmm. the light just goes on and you're like, Oh, Oh, I don't have to think that, or Mm -hmm. that's not actually true. And I'd love to spend a little bit of time talking around, I guess, this idea of we can either be the victim, the villain or the hero in our own stories. And our story is taking place behind this bigger backdrop of God's love for us and God pursuing us and wanting to be in relationship with us. But we're human and those people who have loved us are human. So we are wounded and we are broken. So things do happen to us that are objectively difficult and wrong and all of those things. But it's about what do we do from that point? So we can play the victim where it's, you know, poor me, this is always happening to me, the villain blaming other people or being the hero saying, okay, this is where I'm at, but where to from here? What does the Lord want to do? How can I move forward with him in this experience? I'm just wondering if you have any thoughts around that idea of really being an active participant in our own life. You know, St. Augustine said, he who created you without your cooperation won't save you without your cooperation. So Mm. if we just sit back and say, oh, God, please change this thought, Uh, then we're still thinking that thought we actually have to get into our own story and be active participants like we're called to co-create with the lord so we're actually called to co-create 
our own life with him. Mm. But what does that actually mean? Mm. How do we actually co-create our life? How do we be active participants in our transformation? Well, that's a big question. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I think the first thing is like the journal. <laughs> that's, it's taking steps. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Steps. So I guess, yeah, so um, um, the, one of the, the main tools that, um, that we learned with Metanoi Catholic is is the model, which I know you've spoken about um, with with Erin Ingold on a previous episode. Um, and the thing that strikes me the most about that tool is this idea of words becoming flesh. The words of our thoughts are made incarnate by the actions that we take as a result of thinking our thoughts Mm. um and so it's so it I mean it all comes back to our thoughts like that's how we co-create with God by choosing to dwell on the good the true and the beautiful and we're receptive to his grace and have that kind of ongoing interior dialogue with him absolutely and then all the fruits in our life are going to be things that we're co-creating with him Yeah, and I spoke about this with Sister Anastasia in our Lenten podcast. We talked about how we have a circumstance in our life and we feel strongly about it, but we often forget there's this sacred space between the circumstance and our feeling and then how we choose to react. And that sacred space is our thought life. And that's why in scripture it tells us, like you mentioned before, take every thought captive, be renewed by the transformation of your mind. I think this area of the thought life and this sacred space that our thoughts happen in is really important because what we know from the training that we've done is thoughts are nothing more than sentences going through our head. That's all they are. And when we actually start to engage in this process of looking at our thoughts, being renewed by our mind, what we're doing is we're putting a little bit of space between the thought and ourselves. And this is this is really important. This is really what this model takes us through. So I'm wondering if you could give us a little bit of an overview, Monica, of the model that we use in our Catholic coaching. Both of you and I are coaching women. And this is the model that we take people through. It's very, very helpful. So um, I guess I'll start by saying um, there are really five themes that um, all books on the spiritual life um at least when they're kind of dealing with just the human formation level um, and personal development books. These are kind of five themes that they all have in common. Number one, things happen in our lives that are outside our control and we need to accept them. Um, Number two, your attitude matters. Your thoughts matter. And um, maybe in the personal development world, they might just say, think you need to think positively. But in scripture, we find in Philippians 4, um, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Um, so, yeah, so our, our mindset matters. Um, and number three, you have to allow your feelings because if you don't, bad things will happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I just have a a quote from Father Jacques Philippe, the most painful suffering or painful emotions is the suffering we reject. Um, And the catechism tells us that um, our emotions are neither good nor evil, they're neutral. Um, And um, from Ecclesiastes, um, 
it says there's a time for everything and a season for every affair under the heavens, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. Um, so yeah, getting, making peace with our emotional life is a big thing that we, that we do um, with Catholic coaching. Mm. Number four, um, you have to take action. Um, like scripture says, you shall know them by their fruits. Like our actions show us what we really believe. So if we say we believe one thing, but then our actions show something else, that's evidence that there's a thought behind those actions. That, and that is the thing that we're really believing. Um, and like James, um, James chapter two says, faith without works is dead. So um, yeah, we've mm-hmm. got to take action. We can't just sit there. Um, and then number five, we need a vision. We need to have goals and they need to be aligned with God's kind of vision for our life, with, which ultimately is, is to go to heaven. Um, so uh, from Proverbs, without a vision, the people perish. Psalm 127, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Um, so, yeah, so those two things, we need a vision and it has to be um, God's. Yeah. So, so there's these, these five themes. And what the model does is it takes these five truths about the interior life and um, integrates them with the church's teaching on human nature mm. and theology of the body, how God made us, um, and puts it all into one tool that helps us to better understand our interior life and to steward it better um, and how how kind of on the in our interior life, we're interacting with the circumstances and, and what's going on in the world and how it's producing the actions and results that we're seeing in our life. Um, and so, so yeah, so those five themes are summarised by the five words that, that you might have heard in a previous episode, circumstances, thoughts, feelings, actions, and results. Yeah. Um, and the, the key part, which is related to, why our thoughts incarnate the results in our life like the words of our thoughts become flesh the key part is um, the connection between thoughts and feelings so our feelings are how we physically experience our thoughts in our body mm-hmm. well then that just blew my mind when <laughs> when i heard yeah. that um that it's our um yeah, our thoughts become incarnate in our feelings. We like, we feel our thoughts, um, which I think is just such an interesting idea. And so then our thoughts create our feelings and then our feelings drive our actions. Actions and give us some. So this tool um, helps you come to greater awareness of what's happening in your interior life, become a student of your interior life, and um and integrated with with the journaling it becomes this like powerful prayerful process where you can take that understanding and submit it to our lord and say hey like what's your interpretation um what do you have to say to this um and to invite invite our lord into all the painful emotions that we experience yeah Absolutely. 
Well, ladies, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Monica. If any of that resonated with you, if you're really struggling with some negative thoughts and limiting beliefs which are holding you back in life, can I invite you to send me an email, karen at geniusproject.co to inquire about our Catholic coaching programs for women. Ladies, we are also kicking off in just one week a new intake of the Catholic Women's Masterclass. The Catholic Women's Masterclass is a four-month journey of transformation where we walk you through four rhythms of renewal, which will really help you establish a life of wholeness and freedom in Christ. So ladies, if you are interested in the Catholic Women's Masterclass or our Catholic coaching programs for women, please send me an email, karen at geniusproject.co. In today's episode, we spoke about the Metanoia Catholic Journal. Now, ladies, if you would like to get your hands on these, we are selling these through the Genius Project here in Australia. So if you'd like one, please visit the website, www.geniusproject.co, or you can order them online through our Instagram bio, genius underscore project underscore daily. Until next week, ladies, have a beautiful week and God bless you.